This is Fans on the Run, a podcast made by, for, and about Beatles fans. And now, here's your host, Ethan Alexanian. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Fans on the Run. I'm your host, Ethan Alexanian. Alexanian. I will not go into further detail. Just for the record, for any of you who are listening from Southern Ontario, yes, that is the Alexanian carpet store chain. Yes, the little Alexanian jingle you hear on the radio. That's my family. I will stop blabbering on because I'm senile. Anyways, <laughs> our, our guest today is a fellow podcast extraordinaire, host of the Two Legs Paul McCartney solo podcast, and one of four top or uh, four hosts of the Solo Beatles video cast, Talk More Talk. Tom Hunyadi, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ethan Alexanian. I've been practicing the pronunciation, so I make sure I get it right, so that way I don't get to, you know, tongue lashing on your next episode that I pronounced it wrong. But uh, hello, thank you for having me, and uh, enjoy uh, what you've been doing so far. Thank you. Uh, for the listeners at home, this is, I think, the fourth or fifth time we have tried to record this episode <laughs> because uh, technical difficulties are a bitch. They sure are. Technology uh, is nice, but sometimes it just doesn't want to cooperate. No. Uh, sometimes I think, why am I even doing this? But... <laughs> I'm I'm not going to get too existential. That's for my therapist, not for my podcast. So, Tom, how have you been holding up? I've been holding up just fine. Thank you. Um, in Arizona, uh, fortunately, we haven't been hit as hard as some of the other uh, states, uh, especially on the East Coast. But uh, we're doing fine and uh, just enjoying some nice weather right now. Uh, I've never been to Arizona, but... My mom has, and she said it was lovely, so... Oh, great, great. I'll take get... her word for it. Great. Maybe one day if we get a uh, Beatles fest out here, maybe you can uh, fly on down and uh, check it out. I'd love that. Anyways, enough about me. <laughs> Even though I, I just asked about you. See, uh, this is why this podcast is in the state that it's in. It's because I don't know what I'm talking about half the time. <laughs> well, that's the charm uh, of the show. Yeah, it's some 17-year-old Canadian who doesn't remember what he said three seconds ago, <laughs> but somehow he's going to manage to interview somebody else. <laughs> You're doing fine. <laughs> Anyways, Tom, how yes. did you discover the Beatles? Well... Thank you for asking. I discovered the Beatles through watching. Thank you a... for thank you for pretending like this is a new question yeah. that we haven't already run through this interview like four <laughs> <I> times. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, <clears throat> I I discovered uh, the Beatles through watching a Paul McCartney video called "Take It Away." I vividly remember being at my grandparents' house when uh, the video was, was on and um, seeing Ringo Starr uh, with Paul McCartney there. My grandparents told me um, that they were both in a band called The Beatles. 
I believe I was like nine years old at the time, so I really didn't care because I was a Star Wars junkie, and that's the only thing I really cared about at the time. Yeah, uh, it's John, Paul, George, and Ringo. No, not for me. Han, Leia. Uh, <laughs> Chewie. Yeah. Luke. Uh, I, for some reason, I blanked on his name, and I almost called him Mark. Well, I mean, if in reality, yes, yeah. Mark would be correct. <laughs> Technically, it's Mark Hamill, but right. I right. failed so, myself because I grew up watching those movies, too, and now excellent. I feel ashamed. <laughs> well, it is the, it is, uh, the fourth episode. Um, yeah. But anyways, from watching that video, my grandparents told me that um, their son, my uncle, was a big Beatles junkie, and... Um, through the years leading up to, so I would say this video, we saw this video in 82. So up leading through the years, you know, 84, 85, 86, my uncle was uh, in the Air Force, so he was stationed in Biloxi. So he would come to Michigan, because that's where I grew up uh, during the during uh, Christmas. And, um, you know, the Beatles would always be, be, be playing in the background because everybody knew he was such a Beatles junkie. And just through those um, those little quick visits with him, I really started to like what I hear or what liked what I heard. Um, then in 1988, I flew down to Biloxi to hang out with him. Um, I was already collecting Beatles on cassette, and we were getting the um, British versions of the albums, not the American versions. Um, so I hung out with him for two weeks and had my little... Beatles study uh, course, if you will, um, you know, listen to a lot of music that I hadn't heard yet, and watch some videos, and, uh, and the rest they say is history. Yeah. So you you touched on the cassettes, and mm -hmm. I already know the answer to the question. But right. what was your first Beatles album? My first Beatles album was Let It Be. Uh, by the time I started buying. Uh, the cassettes, I was already enjoying the later period of the Beatles more than the earlier period. So say, you know, the Rubber Soul period all the way up until Let It Be was probably my favorite period. Um, I loved Get Back, Let It Be, and Long and Winding Road. So those at the time were some of my favorite songs. So that I was... just named one of my least favorite songs. but Yes, I, I heard it from a previous show. Um but that's the long okay, and winding you know? road. Yeah, I I okay. don't I don't even like the original version without all the orchestra stuff. Gotcha. It's just boring. Anyways, I continue. <laughs> yeah, so you know, from that and then I probably spent that uh, whole summer of eighty seven before I went to go see my uncle in eighty eight, you know, buying uh as much as I could at the time. I had a paper route, so I was able to afford What is uh, a paper? <laughs> well, you see, youngin, uh, back in my day, um, people would um, receive a newspaper at their doorstep or their porch and read um, on paper the news that happened the previous day. Yeah. I can't, you actually said the phrase, back in my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't get to use that too much, but, you know, since I am talking to someone a little younger than me, um, I, I get to use that. But, um, so I uh, I had money. I was buying um, the cassettes, and then that Christmas for 87, my dad got me one of those big uh, cassette um, 
cassette and uh, record player uh, sets. So I was able to, Ooh, you know, start buying records. Yes, yes. So, so I remember getting the the white album first on on vinyl um, because you know they had all the posters, the individual, the four individual, and the one big poster with all those Im crazy images, and then the lyrics on the other side. Um, yeah. So that was a great uh, a great uh, album to start with. Do you still have this original copy of the white album? Do you still have this original copy of the white album? I do not. I do not. I remember laminating the the four individual posters at school, um, and I have no clue what what, what what's happened to it since. Because I was gonna say, uh, how white is the white album still? Still, it's of, still very white. <laughs> yeah, because over time, it, like I I have a hard time finding any copies that aren't like the you know piss yellow album. <laughs> <laughs> the coffee, the coffee stain album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know it, it's over years. If you know, because I know a lot of people weren't, um, you know, properly taking care of their albums back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. So. Some people are stupid. Some people are stupid, you know. I, and I, to be honest with you, I don't even know if they were selling those uh, those little uh, vinyl uh, plastic sheets that you can protect your albums with back then. You know, it wasn't something I was doing. Well, I'll I'll give you a pass. Oh, thank you. I Since mean, I you, do it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said you laminated the pictures, so yeah, that, that at least kind of right. shows some inkling of caring. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I remember, um, so then when I went to go visit my uncle, I remember the only, I, there was only one album I didn't have at the time that I really wanted and that was Abbey Road. <laughs> so I went to, you know, visit him and, you know, he said, you know, he would take me to the mall and we'd find the album if they had it. So I had, um, also through those two weeks that I was there, I helped him, uh, put a fence, uh, up, uh, in his backyard. And um, so we had finally went to the mall after we did that. And, uh, you know, he was rushing and I was rushing to see who could get it first. And obviously, they only, you know, with my luck, they only had one copy. So he grabbed it first. So I was really disappointed at the time. Um, but, um, but the joke was on me because after he paid for it, he, uh, he gave it to me as a gift. So that was really nice of him to do. It would have been way funnier if he just kept it for himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd probably still be bitter about it this to this day. Yeah. Just like at every family reunion, just muttering under your breath. Yeah. So what was your, uh, when you were growing up, since everyone had one, what was your local record store like? Well, we had a local record store called Harmony House in Michigan. Um, I don't know if it was a big nationwide chain, but I do know in Michigan there was there was plenty of them. And um, that's where I would buy um, most of my records in the, in the late in the early 90s and then however then it was switched over to uh best buy where i started getting you know more stuff yeah do you reckon it's still open what, best buy 
No. <laughs> Harmony House. Harmony House? No, I think they're all closed now. Oh, I was going to say, next time I'm in Michigan, I, I'd try and find one. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's been... Oh, jeez, I probably hadn't been to one, been to one in the 90s, and... Um, and I haven't lived in Michigan since 2004, so um, I don't uh, I don't recall. Uh, so I've driven through Michigan a lot lately. You are not missing that much. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, every time I go back, I miss my family a lot, but uh, I yeah. don't miss Michigan. Uh, I was in Auburn Hills, and, uh, you know, there was that big arena, like the palace of Auburn Hills. <laughs> oh, yeah. And as we were driving to get to our hotel, I could see, like, the cranes and the wrecking balls, like, tearing around. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, it's disappointing. I mean, it's not if, an old, yeah, it's not an old arena at all. I'm kind yeah. of really surprised that they're tearing it down. But uh, there was, I've seen a lot of concerts there. Um, you know, I saw Ringo Starr there. And uh, Ringo Starr was Big enough at one point to play yes, the arena. <laughs> I bet yeah, you he I... still could these days, but he just chooses not to. Right. right. So I, the, when I saw him the first time at the palace, he had um, uh, Jack Bruce from Cream, uh, Todd oh. Rundgren, and um, oh, did the he have from uh... Procol Harlem? Oh, okay. Did he? Any? But he didn't have uh, John Entwistle with them. No, no, no. Jack Bruce is playing bass for that uh, tour. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, sub out one iconic 60s bass player for another. Yeah, very true. Uh, you got the better end of the stick. When I saw him, the concert was like half Toto and Men at Work. and. Well, I didn't mind that one either because I, I saw him last year as well. And um, I do love those Men at Work songs. Yeah, but it's it's not what I that's not what's written on the ticket. It's not <laughs> men at work. It says Ringo Starr in big letters. Mm-hmm. And the All Star Band in small. Right. Yeah. I yeah, have to keep you know, pulling out my phone to check setlist.com to see okay, when is he going to play a Ringo song? And it's like, okay, nope, I, I have to sit through two Toto songs and mm -hmm. a Santana song. That's right. And a couple Men at Work songs. Oh, yeah. I didn't know Men at Work had more than two songs. Oh, so, yeah. They, I remember watching their videos in the early 80s. Uh, they had some great videos back in the day. Yeah. Just reminded me of my favorite thing. There's that uh, band... Uh, men without hats. If they went on tour with uh, men at work, <laughs> they would be men without work. Very good. Know, that just popped into my head. I don't think I'm original because I I definitely stole that from somewhere. I just mm -hmm. don't remember who. <laughs> Well, you know, we're doing a, a speaking of a, a talk more talk, we're doing a show tonight. Um, Smooth segue. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're doing a show tonight on the Ringo's TV special from 1978. And oh, the, the Ogner was, Rats one. Yeah, the Ogner Rats. And then, you know, during the during the show, they talk about him doing a, uh, a tour. And I think that would have been a great time to see Ringo live in 78 because he probably would have just done all of his songs and not have any you know, buddy there to, to chime in with their own music. Yeah. 
Because Ringo at that point was still, well, I wouldn't say in his prime, but... Uh, still capable. <laughs> yeah, he he still looked like how he did. So. Correct. Yes. Yeah. This was after he had shaved all his hair. And yeah, his hair went came full back Sid after, that, uh, after that fun uh, shave. <laughs> yeah, went full Sid Barrett. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That must have been a fun night. When Ringo shaved all his hair? Yeah, I'm sure he had quite the uh, quite the party before shaving that head. Do you reckon it was a party or some sort of existential crisis? Uh, it could have been a nervous breakdown. Or, you know, the, the best parties are somehow a mixture of both. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, I'm curious. How long have you been doing Talk More Talk? Oh, wow. We've been doing Talk More Talk uh, for two years now, I want to say. Almost two years. We, uh, yeah, I think a year and a half now. To be honest with you, um, I, that's a good question. <laughs> and, and where can people find you, Tom? We can find Talk More Talk on YouTube and uh, Podbean and iTunes and iHeartRadio. Ooh, iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about a year and a half now we've been doing Talk More Talk, and it's been a lot of fun uh, you know, doing the show with Kit and the, the two Kens and, and Joe Mayo, for sure. Yeah. It, hold on, is his name actually Joe Mayo? No, but that's oh, we call him Joe Mayo for short. But his yeah. YouTube name is Me, Mister Mayo. Mister Mayo. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've been watching him since I was nine or ten. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I participate a lot in his YouTube live chats. I noticed that. Yes. But under a pseudonym. Okay. Which oh, so I you're not under Ethan. Oh no, it's it's usually well, I'm kind of giving it away under the name Roger Moore's eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, and I think you did say what your name was or something like that once. Yeah, when I was trying to scout yeah. Joe to be a guest before yes. I before I gave up and just went to Kit and asked, "Could you put me in touch with him?" <laughs> I'm sure Joe will be more than happy to do the show eventually. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm 78 sure it's gonna happen. Like okay. I've 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 spoken to him. Well, not spoken, mm -hmm. spoken, but I've messaged well, him. It's it's I think happening sometime okay. this month. Cool. Well, I'll see what I can do about the other 22 percent. Ooh, that would be great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have to tune in to tonight's Talk More Talk just to see what the fuck gets said. <laughs> it's like, hey, kid, I said his name right. <laughs> well, I'll definitely be doing that during the plugging section. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'll, I'll, be in the, I'll be in the live chat cheering you on. Awesome. Awesome. But, you and, know, with my luck, I'll probably screw it up then because I'll just feel the pressure. Prep. Don't want to let you down, man. <laughs> you won't let me down. It is very, very hard to let me down. <laughs> My life is a disaster. Any oh. any success is a win. <laughs> like, okay. yeah. 
Oh, one God. success coming up tonight. Yeah. Uh, again, I have to keep reminding myself this is not my therapy session. <laughs> well, let's talk, Ethan. What what's bothering you these days? Let let's let's talk more talk. Talk. If you will. <laughs> Speaking of plugging, you also host another Paul Mc... You host another show. Yes. Yes, that's Two Legs, a Paul McCartney podcast. And I started that with my my cousin, David, who uh, no longer does the show. He uh, has a lot of other hobbies that he wanted to get to, so he left. And uh, I have a new co-host. His name is Andy Nichols, and he's doing a wonderful job. And um, we're now a video cast. Uh, before, we were just audio. So um, the show is starting to... Uh, become more of what I envisioned it uh, before we started. So um, I thank him very much for coming aboard and uh, really having a lot of fun doing the show these days. It, it's, a, it's a good show. It's a good podcast. I've listened to many an episode. Thank you very much. As you have mine, I assume. <laughs> Yes. So yes, the Kittle Tool show was quite humorous, and uh, the Susan show was was very good as well. Yeah, um, I think it was the Kiddo Tool episode caught the attention of Al Sussman, who mm -hmm. uh, reached out to me. Uh, right. I have I'm interviewing him tomorrow, as of when I'm recording this episode. Um, right. He noted my snarky sense of humor, which <laughs> I'm like, thank you for noticing. <laughs> so. Yeah, you'll have a good time with Al Sussman. You know, we've we've had him on the Two Leg Show um, a few years back, and uh, he's great to talk to, and a, and, a, and a lot of fun. Oh, this is see, this is why I think this is like the lowest. Uh, this is like the bottom feeder Beatles podcast because the what just came to mind. It's like your show's called Two Legs. Mm -hmm. uh, a, I thought of a potential guest you could try and get, like Heather Mills, but that would not be apt. The the, the two legs name might be uh, might not be yeah. uh, might a be little, a little offensive to her in one way or a little on the prosthetic yeah. nose, if you will. <laughs> yeah. See I mean, I again, this her, is like you know, how's your one leg doing? <laughs> yeah. Although, I, in the context of a normal interview, that would be a weird question. So, how's your one leg doing? <laughs> I'm just imagining yeah. her on, like, whatever, like, The Tonight yeah. Show. And Jimmy yeah. Fallon's like, so, you got one leg, huh? That's a bummer. <laughs> and you got the, the prize of all prizes. How did that happen? The prize of all prizes, a McCartney divorce settlement. Yes. <laughs> Money can't oh. buy you love, but it can sure as fuck buy you a decent divorce lawyer. Yeah, and probably a ten times better prosthetic leg as well. <laughs> Anyways, let's... <laughs> let me steer this train wreck back on course. Oh, please do. Proverbial Captain Ahab. <laughs> Why am I even saying that? I haven't even read Moby Dick. No. I'm I'm, I'm just an I'm just an idiot in a room shouting into a microphone. 
I'm sure you have a lot of Beatle books you need to read before you need before you get to Moby Dick. Yeah, I I have a shelf full. I'm running only out of, a shelf. I'm running out of room, Tom. <laughs> um, yeah, I got two bookshelves myself full of Beatles books, and uh, a third will be needed uh, real soon. Well. <laughs> Uh, the when Kit was on, she was like, "Well, we, I got to make sure you get a copy of uh, my Michael Jackson book and my right. like Beatles book." And I'm like, "Oh, that's gr- oh, thank you." And meanwhile, I have IKEA in another tab trying to buy another bookshelf because it's like, <laughs> oh, well, that's something we have in common. I, my my two bookshelves came from IKEA as well. I should say three. Um, I have three right now because I also a big fan of Stephen King's books and yeah, and and other biographies and stuff like that. So I yeah. have a, another bookshelf just filled with other books besides Beatles books. Yeah, uh, I have friends come into my room sometimes, and um, they just stare at my not even like my big record shelf. They stare at my bookshelf in disgust. <laughs> They're like. <laughs> Okay, uh, the records I can live with. That it seems like you have a problem. Like, how many fucking books do you need? There can't be that much to write about four people. Oh, and, and little do they know. Little do they know. <laughs> so, what have you read so far, and what are some of your favorites? Uh, my favorite. Wow, this is. You've turned the tables. Okay, I'm a big fan of Mark Lewison's books. Of course. He, he, you know. He's the godfather. He is the godfather who I will have on my show one day, Mark. I know you're listening to this. <laughs> yes, and I will have him as well. Yeah, I'll, I'll get him for you. Thank um, you. What else? I, there's a book, the author's name escapes me at the moment. But it's called uh, How the Beatles Rock the Kremlin. Oh, okay. That I, I do not have that one. I really dig it. And it's about um, the Beatles' impact of the fall of communism in the Soviet Union. Okay. And I, actually, I think my favorite, though, is um, Love Me Do, The Beatles' Progress by Michael Brom. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. It has the best tagline ever of any book. It's like a quote from John Lennon on the front. And it's like, it portrays us as how we were. Bunch of mm. bastards. Bunch of bastards. <laughs> yeah. Well, John could be a bastard. Oh, yeah. Have you read that? Uh, those interviews he did with Rolling Stone? Oh, yeah. I have the book, yeah, Lennon Remembers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Went through it a couple times, actually. We, uh, Kit and I, we, we co-hosted on another uh, podcast, and uh, we, we uh, talked about Alan Klein, uh, their okay. Apple manager. And, um, yeah, he has, there's a lot of As soon as you say his name, the Jaws music just starts playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but there are, there's 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 a ton of good books out there for what sure. What a tool! <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, the man screwed. Like, imagine having that on your resume. You screwed over both the Beatles and the Stones, and Sam Cooke uh, be- prior too. Oh, of course. 
you know. Yeah. Uh, I I I hate Abco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's why I don't buy any Sam Cooke because it has the Abco because Abco still owns Sam Cooke's music, yeah. so I refuse to buy any Sam Cooke. That's kind of why I, I don't buy any new Rolling Stone stuff, apart oh, from that's right. Well, the well, I don't even like the post Decca stuff, anyways. Yeah, well, As, I mean, I had to get Let It Bleed, and I think Let It Bleed was their last record with uh, yeah. Abco. So, I mean, that that is my favorite records, uh, Stones records. So I did have to get that. I I get laughed at because whenever I talk about my favorite Stones record, everyone looks at me like I've just grown a third arm. <laughs> well, uh, what record is that? Um, their Satanic Majesty's Request. Uh, Okay. I um, love that album. Hey, you know, to each his own. Yeah. It's I'm a big fan of, of just really weird psychedelic stuff. Not like the mainstream psychedelic stuff like, you know, Incense and Peppermints, Crimson and Clover, like right. Jefferson Airplane, like the really fucking weird stuff. Like the gotcha. kind of the kind of psych that if you're trying to find it on like an original LP, it'll cost you two grand. <laughs> right. Now, have you tripped while listening to uh, any of these records? I I do not trip. Okay. I I want to. I have just been advised otherwise <laughs> due to pre-existing <laughs> conditions. Uh, well, I sent you a picture of the book that I'm reading right now, Riding So High. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, kind of get a sense of you know, what the, you know, specifically vic- John and George were going through. I can live vicariously. Yes, there you go. There yeah. You. Yeah, it's, it, that's one thing that really, uh, when I think about it, kind of disturbs me is how much, like, being a Beatles fan, LSD has been romanticized to me. Mm-hmm. Like hearing people say, "Oh, dude, like Sergeant Pepper on acid." Whoa. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think more. You know, Magical Mystery Tour is more trippy than Sergeant Pepper is. Yeah. Well, that's where most of the Paula's Dead clues are, though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Did you know that if you play Magical Mystery Tour backwards? It sounds all fucked up because you're playing it backwards. Because you're playing it backwards, absolutely. And you yeah. and you probably have to buy a new needle. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's that was I I would want to meet the man who thought of that whole scheme if it was like an intentional thing, and it was a marketing thing. I would want to take a business class from that guy. And that, right. just selling the same albums over and over just so you can have people destroy them. Same thing with the Beatle burning. I bet you that was Oh, orchestra. right. Wasn't that just a, a great way to have everybody rebuy Beatles records? Yeah. Especially I, down in the South? Oh, yeah. I heard a quote from George Harrison saying that it didn't bother him too much because they had to keep buying them anyways. So, <laughs> they, so they all went to number one. <laughs> Oh, yes. Lennon was a marketing genius. Oh, yeah. It's... I bet you 
Capitol Records had a hand in that somewhere. Oh, probably. Probably. Uh, They had their fingers in so many pies. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyways. A wild honey pie, probably, as well. Or flaming pie. (laughs) Or honey pie. All right. What is it? What do the Beatles mean to you now? What do they mean to me now? Oh, they still mean the same as when I first discovered them. It it just means it's it's how I feel when I listen to that music. Uh, the excitement I get, the uh, you know, just the, the chills. I I still get the goosebumps. I I still enjoy as even though I don't listen to them as much as I used to these days. I'm still just excited every time, you know, Beatles song, I still listen to music on my iPod, so I'll hit shuffle, and, you know, when a Beatles song comes on, I still just really get super excited uh, when I hear those songs, and the power that it has over me, um, and uh, like I said, it's just a great feeling knowing that this music um is here for us uh, mm-hmm. to to discover and for it's like a warm know, blanket or like, it is it's, it's a comfort like a, it's like it's comfort like, food it's like coming back home right it is. you know because i have you know gotten into other genres of music you know i remember discovering jazz and and opera classical and i got big into grunge when that first came out but i had always found myself going back Mm-hmm. you know to the beatles music because i yeah. always feel comfortable you you, you know, could say to. you got back to where you once belonged once belonged absolutely and i'm proud of it oh yeah yes it's, sometimes i go like i hate to say this now that i've run a beatles podcast i <laughs> i i try to listen to the beatles like mm-hmm. um i actively go sometimes like weeks maybe even a month without listening to the beatles just so they stay fresh yeah yeah and that's a good thing to do Uh, especially because you don't want to get i mean there there are going to be times where you do get burnt out on them from time to time yeah and that'll be and that'll be understandable Mm -hmm. you know but i Um, I don't want to ever think of a time where i could be sick of the beatles right well i don't yeah I, i i don't know if that could happen but yeah burnouts will happen for sure yeah well and the thing is with the beatles it's i'm still discovering like all of the beatles stuff um Mm -hmm. i only listen to uh well i'm gonna i'm gonna give i'm gonna let you in on a secret this will probably get me ostracized from the beatles community i i don't think i've listened to over half of Paul McCartney's albums in their entirety. Well, here's the thing. You know, when I became a Beatles fan, I didn't spend any time at all um, with the solo stuff, really. Um, you know, and I was listening to uh, the Beatles in, you know, in the mid to late 80s when we were getting a lot of, you know, Paul stuff, a lot of George stuff. <clears throat> you know, so when I discovered the Beatles, um, it was it was just the Beatles which I was listening to, so I spent a good solid, you know, three four years just listening to them, and then I started 
you know, venturing out. I think probably come, you know, 88 is when I really started venturing out and listening to more of the solo stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're, you're not going to get put down. No, I mean, you're still young in your, in your no, I'm going to get put career. down because of it. <laughs> Cause I, no I can, one will put you down. Uh, I, I'll put myself down. I, I only listened to, what was it, Wonderwall music for the first time in its entirety a month or so ago. And I had had the record for, like, three years. Okay, well, that's probably a good 15 years um, uh, shorter than mine, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, you know, hadn't listened to Wonderwall music until um, probably five years ago. You know, I actually really like that album. It's not bad. There's a lot of great instrumentations in there, especially the, the I think it's Skiing uh, with Eric Clapton on guitar on that one, I believe. Yeah. Oh, is that the one that's like, yeah, sounds like yeah. a Jimi Hendrix song. Yeah, and, and the cool thing about that record is, is none of that song, none of those songs are actually played during uh, the Wonderwall movie. <laughs> Seriously, I haven't seen the movie, so yeah, I is mean, that the true? Movie's fine, it's it's fine. You might like it. Yeah, the songs aren't featured in the movie anywhere. Correct. Huh. That that just kind of whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to process that. Now I, yeah. I'm not sure I believe you. Now I have to go watch the movie. You have to go look it up. Yeah. Or is this some sort of elaborate Jedi mind trick into getting me to watch Wonderwall just to see it? It is. Yeah. Just to see if it is true? Yeah. Sit through Wonderwall. There's some movies that you watch, and then there's some movies where you have to sit through them. Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah, especially like the early Ringo ones, too, like Candy oh. and uh, The Magic Christian. I... I I told Mark Lewis in this um, that my uncle, I just name-dropped two people in it, mm -hmm. and I haven't even started the story yet. So, um, <laughs> anyways, um, I was t talking to him at the fest, and I told uh, we were talking about uh, the Rupert and the Frog song. Right. And Give My Regards to Broad Street came up, the movie, and uh, I told him that my uncle, who was first guest on the show, go listen to that episode. It's great. I'm speaking uh -huh. uh, unbiasedly. No, I'm not. Of course. Um, but that was the only movie he's ever walked out of. Your uncle. Yeah. And he was, he's like as big of a Beatles fan as I am. He, he walked out of Give My Regards to Broad Street. Ah. Uh. Did he ever finish watching it? No. So he has yet to finish watching what he hadn't seen. <laughs> yeah, and you know I don't plan on watching it either. So. Oh well, come on, don't don't. The thing is, is what I believe is is that you should still see it and form your own opinion on it. Just because, you know, someone tells you that they walked out of something doesn't mean you shouldn't still experience it yourself. Yeah, but I gotta continue the family tradition. Well, <laughs> it's 
Sometimes family tradition is overrated, my friend. Yeah, if I was really talking about family tradition, I'd be out selling carpets or some shit. <laughs> you don't want to do that. No. I admire carpets. <laughs> I guess it's part of my Armenian blood, but I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Well, listen, when the uh, when the Give My Regards to Broad Street archive release comes out, you know, I'm sure you'll watch it then. Uh, the sad thing is that will come one day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I uh. believe it will. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody oh. will be going, oh my god, I can't believe I'm spending all of this money to watch a movie that I do not like. A hundred and sixty dollars. For a box set of Give My Regards to Fucking Broad Street. <laughs> Unless you want the super limited edition, which comes in a in the film canister that yeah. it was originally in, oh. also bundled in with press to play. It's like, mm. What was that Wings box set that came out like a couple years ago? That was like a thousand dollars. Oh well, that was the the, the combo of uh, Wildlife and Red Rose Speedway. Yeah, yeah, and it had the uh, the live. It had some live stuff from their uh, university tour and the uh, I believe it was the Wings Over Europe tour. Yeah, but like a thousand dollars. It wasn't a thousand dollars when it first came out. I don't believe. Maybe was it more like six? I I don't know. That's it's yeah. Yeah, yeah but I didn't get that one. Oh, I, I, I with a suitcase it. instead. Oh, Egypt Station suitcase. Egypt Station, the yes. gift that keeps on giving. And I'll keep on getting it. The the thing is, I I. I, I didn't even bother getting myself um, the uh, proper deluxe Egypt station. Oh, okay. Like, I didn't, I didn't even spring for the one that's like the accordion fold. <laughs> I, I, I just got the regular black vinyl one, because I, I don't mm -hmm. even like the album. Oh, you're not a fan? No. Well, oh, that's too bad. It's... Uh, it is an acquired taste the thing is that makes me really sad about it is that the two songs that came out for record store day last year uh home tonight and in a hurry they're right. way better than anything on that album they're great songs uh, like, they would have been a welcome why weren't they on the album yeah um 60, 60 second, second street and frank sinatra's party were great songs too um from the uh, explorers edition mm -hmm. um those would have been uh, a great addition as well to the album i think yeah i, I, uh, I, I can't even find words <laughs> hmm it's yeah, it's just yes. But as a collector, I love I love that album. First, first off, first of all, um, and so and as a collector, um, I do find myself picking up you know most of of what comes out. And mm. if that means twelve editions of Egypt Station comes out, then so be it. Yeah, that's just eleven too many copies of Egypt Station. <laughs> 
Anyways, let me get... Anyways. Okay. What is your favorite memory involving the Beatles or a memory of being a Beatles fan? Okay. Okay. Well, besides, you know, having all this fun with with the Beatles with my uncle, (laughs) I would say um, when I was at the White Album Symposium in New Jersey in 2018... And Mark Lewison coming up to me asking me about my two legs podcast. I about shit myself when he asked me. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a, a just a wonderful moment. And um, he and knew was, who you were. Well, I had met him, yeah, but I don't know how he knew that I had a podcast called Two Legs. He just came up to me and asked me about it. So, um, so that was really cool. <laughs> Um, and meeting everybody who I had interviewed in the past, um, you know, the Alan Cozens and the Buskins and, you know, and my, my co-hosts, uh, you know, Joe Toole and Ken Michaels and Kenneth Womack, um, still haven't had a chance to meet, uh, Joe Mayo yet, but, um, but that will be at the next fest, I hope. Um, Hopefully. I don't yeah. know when the next fest will be. Right, yeah, because we still don't know if the Chicago one's going to happen, yeah. and they, you know, announced the new dates for the for the New Jersey Fest for you know the the uh, birthday weekend of John Lennon. So I still have my tickets for that. So I'm still hoping to to make it, and that would be my first uh, fest experience. So I'm kind of kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, but unfortunately, Lady Rona is uh, unpredictable. Yes. It, it, it is right now, and it's still it's still going, and um, <clears throat> you know until then, um, you know we're just gonna have to continue to be cautious. Yeah, so stay home. Unlike me, wash your hands. <laughs> well, I'm a chef. I don't wash my hands. You know, my hands are just full of flavor. You know, so I got to keep. <laughs> I got to keep the flavor on my hands. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you really just say that? What, sarcastically? In a pandemic. <laughs> Listen, I wash my hands more in one hour than people do in one day. Yeah. But how would the, where would all the flavor go then? You hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know some people will would probably take that comment too seriously yeah i'll probably get a sternly worded email from some hypochondriac beatles fan <laughs> dear sir stroke madam <laughs> mm, but uh another another fun time with the beatles is when my uncle and i uh, we did that, um, you know, if the Beatles never broke up CDs, you know, we did, you know, mm-hmm. 70, 71, 72, and so on and so on. And that was a lot of fun doing that as well. I think that's kind of a rite of passage with yeah. any, you know, person that you share the Beatles with. Exactly, exactly. It's like, hey, what if they never broke up? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, seeing the, the seeing the love show was a lot of fun as well in Vegas. What's it like? I haven't me. seen it yet. 
Yeah, my wife got that, took me for my 40th birthday, and that was that was a lot of fun. It was very emotional, actually. Um, I was surprised how emotional I got while, while, while watching the, uh, the show. But it was good. It was really good. I've seen pictures of uh, the elaborate gift shop, and I think... Oh, I, the I would, gift shop is amazing. I feel like um, I would have had a heart attack. Oh, it's easy. It's so easy. So, you know, you know, as a chef, I, I, for five years, I worked at a catering company and we did a lot of concerts in Las Vegas. So every time I had a chance, I would go to uh, the Mirage, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would go in there and, and go to go into the gift shop and, you know, find whatever was affordable, <laughs> you know, because they had a lot of expensive items in there. Oh, yeah. I think they have a base for sale that's autographed by all four Beatles. Um, I don't remember seeing that, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's there. Ah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So you're a Beatles smarty pants. Well, maybe. <laughs> what is your favorite weird piece of Beatles trivia? I like... Well, mine is kind of like has the solo careers involved with it as well. So mine is is what two solo Beatles songs have the word "sexy Sadie" in them? I wasn't. Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> well, one would be "Devil Woman" from Ringo's Ringo album, and the other one is a song called "Simply Simply Shady" from George Harrison's Dark Horse album. Ah, they both contain the lyric "Sexy Sadie." Well, with Ringo, I kind of expected it. His songs are all just self-references, right? <laughs> Especially what "Postcards from Paradise." Oh, I think was all that just... song. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Let me take you down to Penny Lane. All you need is love, help. I don't know. That, I, I, I can't bring myself to listen to new Ringo albums. Well, this last one, in our opinion, or in my opinion, was was actually probably you speak his on behalf of years. the collective. Yes. Yes. I think uh, I think that album was over. Uh, I think for the most part, uh, a lot of fans agreed that it was one of his best albums. I I, I did like the "Grow Old with Me" thing. Ah, uh, the remake. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was nice. Uh, although I thought the whole like "What's My Name" track was a little gimmicky. Yeah, I mean, but you, I'm sure you've seen him do that live, right? Yeah, "What's My Name." <laughs> Ringo. Ringo. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you know who that was written by, right? Uh, what's my name? Yeah. Wasn't wasn't it Todd Rundgren? Did that? No, that was Colin Hay from Men at Work, your favorite band. Oh fuck! <laughs> Apologies to what's his name? <laughs> Colin. <laughs> Apologies to Colin from Men at Work if you're listening, and I know you are. Yep. Yeah. You'll get him on the show one day. One day. <laughs> I'm gonna have everyone on the show. Yeah, exactly. But try not to, uh, you know, get everybody all at once. You gotta space it out a little bit. Oh yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna break the fourth wall here. I'm recording about five or six interviews in the next two weeks 
so I can give wow. myself a bit of a break. Oh, there uh, you go. So I can just kind of upload them whenever I want, like every Friday or so. Right. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah. And I have some uh, pretty interesting guests coming. You know, Al Sussman. Uh, yes. I have Piers Hemmingson. That'll be good. Uh, for those of you who know 1964 The Tribute, I have Mark Benson coming on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've seen those guys uh, maybe uh, two or three times live. That was another um, you know experience with my uncle that we had together. He was a big fan of uh, that band. <laughs> and then uh, next week, I have an interview scheduled with Wally Pazeriak. Yeah, Pazeriak. How do you say it? I think he pronounced it Pazeriak. Yeah, see, now I can't give anybody shit for butchering my last name anymore. Because <laughs> I think I just committed the linguistic equivalent of the Armenian genocide against right. his name. <laughs> You'll get it, though. And then from uh, the tribute band, the Fab Four, I have Artie Saraf coming on Thursday. And then I'm going to kind of, I think, take a break. (laughs) Although no one one would know it because the uploads will still keep coming. Uh, How long do those uploads uh, take you to get them on YouTube? Uh, Like an hour. Okay. That's not too bad. It, it it takes a while. Anyways, mm-hmm. let me hit you with the quick fire questions. Yeah, go for it. All right. What is your favorite Beatles song? At the moment, Penny Lane. Really? Elaborate. Yeah. Elaborate. Well, I think it's just perfectly well sung. I I, I just um, everything about it uh, just uh, again excites me. I love I love the the trumpet played uh, throughout the song. I love the the, the storytelling aspect uh, of the homely aspect of of the song. Um, I love how his uh, how Paul's voice sounds in the song. Um, it's a, it's a fun uh, again. It's a fun video, and um, it's to me, you know, one of their perfect songs. I think it's like a perfect, you know three-minute pop song and um you know deserved its number one status it's it's um you know just a favorite of mine when i hear it it's um again something that i could one of those songs that i could listen to uh you know a hundred times over again and not get tired of it what is your least favorite beatles song oh right now yellow submarine really yeah yeah again elaborate well, it just becomes from the fact that, you know, it's part of the movie, it's part of an, an album, it's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's you know, part of the, 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 the concerts. It's just something that I feel that is, has been overplayed, and it's just not as fun to me as it used to be. Um, and uh, I think it's a little overrated myself. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just glad you didn't say Mr. Moonlight. <laughs> you right. know, I, I know that song gets a gets a lot of crap or gets gets crapped on uh quite a bit, but um I gets think crapped on some... quite a bit on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a little some charm to Mr. Moonlight. I, I love it. I love the cheesy little organ solo. 
There's nothing wrong with a little cheese. Yeah. Unless you're a vegan. I'm, well, I'm lactose intolerant, so. Yeah. Gotcha. Life is pain. All right. Ugh. What is your favorite Beatles album? My favorite Beatles album? Well, it's albums. Um, as what, much as okay, I love, you know, top three. Okay. Well, as much as I love White Album and, and Abbey Road, um, I always go back to, well, it's two. I, it's, I always go back to Rubber Soul and Revolver. Um, Correct those answer. Two, those two albums just have, you know, lyrically um, are probably my favorites um, of all time. And then, you know, a third, I still have a soft spot in my heart for Let It Be. Yeah. You know, I know it's, I know that album gets crapped on to By um, me. A lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, being, there's always, you know, everybody, you always you know, see stories of, of people saying that this particular album is their favorite because it was the first one they bought with their own money, you know, and stuff like that. And, and that's true with me with Let It Be because, yeah, that was the first album I bought with my own money. Mm-hmm. Uh, to each their own. Exactly. Well, but exactly. the good thing is you, you said what I considered the correct answer, Revolver. Scientifically proven best Beatles album. Don't quote me okay. on that. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but it's true. Well, there's, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of wonderful stuff on there. I mean, and, you know, I liked what you said uh, to Kid O'Toole because, I mean, it was kind of like the, you know, the gateway to, you know, the, all the, you know, the 67 stuff. You yeah. Know, it's, uh, we probably wouldn't have got Sgt. Pepper, you know, if it wasn't for, uh, you know, Revolver and, and LSD. Probably. Yeah. Always comes back. To, it always comes back to drugs with you, Tom. It's <laughs> so fascinating. Is there you something know, else on your influence. mind? <laughs> What's that? Is there something else on your mind? <laughs> oh no! But uh, it, it is fascinating how drugs influenced a lot of their career. All right. What is your least favorite Beatles album? Uh, the one I probably listen to the least would probably be either Please Please Me or With the Beatles. Um, those two albums are are great, um, but I don't um, find myself liking the earlier period as much as I do from, say, Revolver, or I should say Rubber Soul to uh, Let It Be. Yeah. I, I'm not a big fan of the Please Please Me album myself. I, I do like with the Beatles, but you mm -hmm. know, I can't blame you for not liking Please Please Me. It's dumb. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. So, this has been a very unproductive conversation. So, that means <laughs> it's been a successful podcast episode. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to hear that. All right. Good luck later tonight uh, with the other four or five. Yes. How many? Yes. There are four. There are four. There's hosts. four, however. Four you know, asterisk we, five. Yes, yes. There is five of us. And, you know, Ken's, Ken Womack started with us, but since he's writing uh, so much and traveling and, and doing so many wonderful uh, wonderful things with, with his books, um, you know, he's... Uh, needing more time to spend with that so we were just uh, it was just uh kit uh ken uh michaels and myself and then uh we uh, added joe mayo as a fourth uh just to keep the whole four you know thing going mm -hmm. with the show anyways 
Tom, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for being so supportive of the podcast, by the way. When yeah, I, I remember I think it's towards great. when Go I ahead. first started, you sent me a very nice uh, note that was yeah. quite encouraging. And yeah, I, I wanted to thank you, you know, for that. Not a problem. You know, there's there's plenty of room for, for more Beatles podcasts. Um, there's really not anything like what you're doing so it's 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 original in a way and um as i told you before you know if i had youtube or podbean or whatever uh this you know this 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 technology back in 1988 i would probably be doing the same thing so i uh so i celebrate you and i wish you all the best of luck with this show and uh i hope it uh turns out to be what you want it to be thank you so much tom And it looks like we're at that part of the show where, unfortunately, we have to say goodbye. Bye, bye. Tom, thanks for coming on. To everyone else who uh, isn't on the interview. I'm going to edit that part out because it didn't make any sense. Uh, (laughs) Nah, you know, now that I said that, I'm going to leave that in. Uh, Yeah, leave it in. Yeah, all right. Thanks for coming on, Tom. To everyone else, ta-ta for now. Dance on the Run is produced by Ethan Alexander. Additional voiceovers by Richard Fulton. This has been a Showtown production.